Voices of the Temple, official podcast of the Temple of Witchcraft, exploring mystery and magic through love, will, and wisdom, hosted by Adam Sartwell. Hi, listeners. I'm here with Devin Hunter, author of The Witch's Book of Power and The Witch's Book of Spirits, uh, also an amazing uh podcaster uh from way back when right yep. i don't know how much you've done it now but it's trying it's it's a little more difficult with writing books and having a business and things like that but mm-hmm. it's still on the the agenda yes i i find that myself mm-hmm. writing books running a temple running the temple store it gets a little it's a lot of work crazy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I try to take time to do our podcasts when I can, because goddess knows. Yeah. And I know that our distance members love the podcasts, mm-hmm. so it, it's really for them that I do the podcasts. Yeah. So, Yeah, I was getting ready to get on the plane to come out for Temple Fest, and I had all of these interviews that I had done, but I hadn't had time to, you know, process them or actually put them together into a show. Mm-hmm. And so I, the night before I get on a plane to come out to Temple Fest, I dropped four episodes <laughs> because I just had all of this stuff, and I felt bad for the authors who were trying to promote their books and, yeah. you know, things like that. So I was like, okay. So I, I had just dropped out, you know, four episodes right before I, I came on to, or came out here. Um... So I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to keep up with it, but sometimes that means 4 a.m. podcast dumps, you know, and things like that. It certainly does. (laughs) So um, you and I just went through Temple Fest, Mm -hmm. um, and I know you have no real affiliation with the temple. You're not a ministry student. Mm -hmm. You're probably a general member by now because you've been to like three things, so that would be it. But um, how did you like Temple Fest? I love Temple Fest. It's, um, I I get to do a lot of events. Uh, I'm I'm lucky that my career kind of affords me a lot of travel and things like that. Um, But, you know, without sounding too biased, I would have to say that Temple Fest is likely one of my favorite, if not my favorite, festival that I get to go to. So I really like the community. I really love, um, it's not often that you as an outsider get to come into a community and you feel welcomed mm-hmm. and respected. Mm-hmm. And um, that goes a long way into the way that you know a teacher can present their work and things like that. And so I, I always find that Temple Fest gives me the opportunity to meet people who I would never otherwise get a chance to meet. Um, mm-hmm. And I get to share in this beautiful thing that you guys have founded. And it's, it's a really humbling experience for me as a teacher. So I, I really enjoy coming to Temple Fest. I think I do it just as much for myself as I do to, you know, speak and, and teach mm-hmm. the work. Yeah. Excellent. What was your favorite part? Uh, my favorite part was, um, and I can't remember her name, so if, when you listen to this, please don't hate me. Um, but there was, uh, there was a woman who came up to me with her husband, and they had been listening to my show uh like since I started and they had actually gone on their first date and they spent the whole night long talking about my show and that's actually like and now they're married and they're planning a family together and it was just like this like holy crap people actually listen to my stuff and mm-hmm. and you know never in a million years would I expect that but that was my probably like the the one thing that kind of sticks out is like that was pretty badass you know <laughs> yeah. that's awesome uh so You've written a couple books now. Mm-hmm. What is the reason that you write books? I started writing books 
um, because of my professional practice as a, as a psychic medium, um, I would get a lot of, I, you know, most of my clients are Muslim or they're Hindu or they're Jewish um, or Christian and, and they come to the witch because they have to, mm-hmm. because all everything else has kind of failed. And um, so what I'd find myself doing a lot was teaching witchcraft to people who weren't comfortable with witchcraft, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was, you know, going through the process of kind of realizing how valuable the work that we do in the craft actually is for us as individuals and our own soul growth and those types of things. Um, I had, you know, a list of questions that I often get from clients. And then I had a list of questions that I often get from students. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice if there was a book I could just say, well, go look at this. So, you know, the Witch's Book of Power is is really, um, it was born from that. It was born from this idea of like, well... I came to this because I was looking for power. I wasn't looking for a spiritual connection necessarily. Um, and I also came to witchcraft as a psychic medium before I ever wore the, the brand of you know a witch or put my black mm-hmm. hat on. So um, that kind of means sometimes that the standards as far as like vocabulary and the way that things are presented, because I do come from a different background, um, those things are presented differently. And I feel that when I get to write, I get to kind of help Witches get some stuff that they wouldn't normally get, you know, if they weren't exposed to working with a psychic or a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the flip side of that, I, I, it's it's a way for me to help people who, you know, they're not so comfortable with, with, with casting a spell, actually understand what it is that we're doing and why we do what we, we do and why we love it. Um, so it's kind of a dual thing for me. I really write my books. You know, I always say I write my books for my students because that's who I have in mind because those are the people who are choosing to study with me and are choosing to invest um, their own life and their own life energy into the work that I'm doing. So when I'm writing books, I'm writing it for them with this full understanding that I would love to be able to hand a book to a client if they were in a conundrum or the topics that we would end up talking about in our session would, um, well, you fill a book, you know, and so now I can just go, oh, hey, read this. Um, And that's been really cool. That's awesome. So you really wrote them for both your clients and your students. Yep. To educate them on what they needed to have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, so, your first book is uh, the Witch's Book of Power. Mm-hmm. And what does power look like to you in a witch? You know, it's funny because it's it's changed a little bit since the book came out. Oh, well, yeah. That is part of being an author, right? <laughs> <laughs> you write what you think in that moment, and then later on, you're like, "Hmm, yeah, I have a little different uh, idea of what yeah. that is." I think it's a little clearer now that I've been able to. It, the book's been out for a little over a year, and I wasn't expecting it to um, become as popular as it became, and I, I feel very humbled by that actually um, because it's mostly a lot of you know what, what's the changing experiences have been at people coming up to me and saying hey so I read this and this has totally changed everything which you know of course that's what I want to hear as the writer but mm-hmm. the flip side of that is now what you know now what now what does this look like in an everyday practice and what does this look like 10 years down the road and and so for me what power really has become and when we talk about it for witches and we talk about um the idea of what it you know what it means to us as practitioners it's it's you know absolutely all the things i write about in the book it's the idea that we do have a witch power and there's a thing that makes us weird and we should love that and appreciate it and figure it out and you know psychic abilities have a big part to do with that but those things are like kind of touchable tangible 
ecstatic kind of experiences that you, you really just have to kind of jump into in order to really understand. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that everybody gets the opportunity to do that, nor is that going to be right for everybody. You know, I know mm-hmm. lots of really powerful religions who are not ecstatic, even though my craft tends to be, you know, really centered on that. So what I, what I really think nowadays, um, you know, a year later now that the book's been out, um, is that power looks like self-possession. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the people who I look at in the witchcraft world and I think, wow, those are really powerful witches. They're not the witches who are, you know, losing their cool every five minutes. They're not the witches who, and that used to be me. You know, I, I was a, I was a spray nozzle for opinion for a very long time. Um, and what I learned, you know, really through my own work was I have to be self-possessed in order to do the work long term or else, you know, not only will I get burnt out, but my practices are going to get burnt out. My, uh, my spells, and my rituals, um, you know, don't have the oomph in them, you know, long-term things like that. So for me, it really does get down to this idea of self-possession and being able to be in control of myself, be in control of the work that I'm doing as much as I humanly possible, can, you know, possibly can. Mm-hmm. When you're working with spirits, they kind of take over and do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that I have to lose myself in it. And I don't have to lose myself in the... Um, uh, the fantasy of of uh, life as a witch. I think there's a lot of escapism um, that we have in witchcraft. People, it's easier to live in a Tolkien novel, novel than it is in Trump's America. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I think, and yeah. so, um, and no offense to people who voted for Trump, but it's scary. Um, so you know, it's this, it's it's an interesting world nowadays, and and because of of the things that have happened to us culturally, because of the things that. Um, you know, I experience as a teacher and the questions and things that I've, I've been able to uh, receive, that idea of, cha- of power has changed for me to, to being something that is completely about your ability to master yourself. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So um, your second book that just came out not too far long ago. Uh, last month. Last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the witch's book of spirits. Yes. So what do you think is the importance of spirits in the craft? So uh, I think we think of like the, the technologies that we use in the craft. Um, there's a lot of talk about willpower, and there's a lot of talk about intention. And the new agey me who's like loves crystals and is a goddess guy. And, you know, I, I, I totally love that. I love the idea of, Oh yeah, if you want your magic to work, it should work and all of that stuff. And if you have focused enough willpower, but as a medium, I know better, you know, to be honest with you, I, I, um, I think willpower and mental focus are incredibly valuable tools to anchor your experience as a witch. I think that they're very important to, uh, a successful practice, but I also think that spirits are kind of almost sometimes more important in a mm-hmm. weird way. And, and, and this is what, um, we tend to talk a lot about and, uh, the term I think that's popular being used right now is tradcraft. Um, we talk about, it's really, it's transcendental witchcraft. So it's the mm-hmm. idea that you're communing with spirits, your practice is based off of the communications and the transmit, you know, the transmittal uh, influences of these spirits. And it's, it's based off of, what those spirits are teaching you, what those spirits are guiding you through. And, you know, because, again, it gets back to this idea of self-control and, and being able to be a master of yourself, and these spirits are helping us through that. So in the book I say that um, spirits and witches go together like sunlight and solar panels. And so, you know, we may, you know, send energy out into the universe in the form of willpower, but how is that actually going to manifest 
once it goes beyond the realm of your actual willpower, mm-hmm. you know, when it starts to infect or in fact affect other people. Um, we've got spirits, you know, spirits are doing that work. If you're tuning into a crystal, you're tuning into the spiritual vibration of the crystal, which means there's a spirit you're tuning into. Um, if you are working with your, your familiar spirit, which is really what the book is, is really deeply intensely about, um, you're, you're having a a very intimate relationship with a spirit that knows everything about you. And beyond the realm of what I think uh, we talk about a lot with spirit guides, the idea that the spirit guide is tuned to your highest good. Mm -hmm. A spirit guide isn't going to lead you wrong. You're familiar, not so much. You know, you're familiar. In the workshops this weekend at Temple Fest, I was using the um, example of, you know, your spirit guide is the friend who's going to come over after a bad breakup and say, oh, sweetheart, what happened? You know, can we, let's talk about it. And don't, you're going to be better off and all of those things. Whereas your familiar is going to be more like, you know, bring over a, a carton of ice cream and a pack of cigarettes and say, let's talk, you know. And mm-hmm. So it, the support's there. It's just going to be different. You know, it's, it's just a little, uh, I guess, not as high vibrational when it comes to the idea of working with, you know, the familiar. Um, mm-hmm. And that's okay, you know. So I, I think that... Um, as witches, we have this obligation kind of to honor the, the, the higher vibrational spirits that come to us in the form of spirit guides and who are helping us understand our life work and, and what it is that we're doing. But we're also responsible to the land and we're responsible to the spirits that were here way before we were and the cultures that were here way before we were and, and those sorts of things. So to me, I don't, like, I don't want everybody to start working with a familiar spirit. I don't really, that's not my, my job. It's not going to be for everybody. And, and my job isn't to get everybody to work with, with a spirit guide or a god or a goddess. My job is to kind of remind witches that we have always been doing something. And it seemed like in the 90s, um, there was a turn away from that. And, and, you know, we had information all of a sudden. And we had the ability to fact check things. And we had the ability to... Um, really look for answers in a way that our predecessors were not able to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think that that kind of sterilized things a little bit. So mm-hmm. what I enjoy the most, I think, is is coming to a class or coming to um, a community and discussing things that people have always wanted to talk about. There just wasn't a platform for it. So I, I don't think my work is revelationary in any in any kind of means. I just think I'm like you know, bringing up things and aspects of the craft that have just been forgotten or replaced for uh, kind of a more sterile version of what it is that we do. So I like, I like to be, you know, hands-on with my spirits. I like to be hands-on with my witchcraft. Um, and I like to incorporate spirits and, and um, what they're capable of doing in my craft as much as possible. And that's also because I'm a medium. So mm-hmm. when, you know, as a medium, I have my my experiences from doing sessions or working with clients. There's spirits that are coming and going all the time, and I see the influence those spirits have on people, whether they're tuned into it or not. And my whole thing is, it's like, okay, well, if we have all of these influences and we're not aware of them, what happens when we are aware of them? And what happens when we make plans with those spirits, hmm. you know, to to grow and to become bigger and better, and you know, all of those things. So. For me, you know, the the work of writing the witch's book of spirits was to introduce people to some of the work that we do in my tradition um, that I think is is really important and very valuable, um, which is what we refer to as the familiar craft, which is the art of um, uh, soul flight, um, conjuration, and mediumship. And so breaking those three parts and, and kind of developing those on a very personal level, I think, really changes the way that the craft is practiced um, as an individual expression. Um, but I also think it gives you kind of license to be more of an artist with it. And so if you're, if you're really only beholden to yourself and the spirits that you're, you've made agreements with, then you have a freedom 
to really express yourself as a spiritual artist. And I think, you know, it's called witchcraft, mm-hmm. right? So um, to me, that's a very important thing. And, and that's the, what I tried to uh, kind of introduce in the book. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this whole thing about will and power and working with your spirits, um, I find that some traditions... Uh, become very bound to their mm-hmm. to their spirits and uh, have to do certain rituals like every day mm-hmm. or things like that. Do you feel that that is um, healthy? I think for some people it is. I think for some people it's not. So I think there are people who need a regimented um, spiritual philosophy to adhere to in order to really get the best out of it. You know, Mm -hmm. that's why we tell people, Oh, you should meditate every day and you should do uh, cleansings every day. And you should do, you know, do this, this really foundational work. But the flip side of that too is, is, I mean, if we were to look at like an ATR African traditional religion, um, and we were to look at the relationship that those practitioners tend to have with their spirits it's very familiar, as, as is the term that we mm-hmm. use. Um, it's the idea that you have a friendship, you have a bond. And so I, I think we have to pay attention to the idea that we have what, you know, what I refer to as personal spirits. They're spirits that you work with, you have a connection with, mm-hmm. and really, ultimately, every spirit is a personal spirit. Um, but you know, uh, my Hakate is not your Hakate. Like We've talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean that we're not all praying to Hakate and we're not all mm-hmm. working with Hakate. Yeah. Um, but in order to know that personal relationship and to have that, you have to spend time with her. You have to actually say, Hey, here's a cup of tea or, or in my case, here's lots of red wine and, and other things, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and sit down and actually invest in them in in that way. So I think the traditions that have an emphasis on that, that's really what they're trying to do is they're trying to make sure that the student or the practitioner has the ability to actually develop and form a, a solid relationship with the spiritual influences that they're working with. The flip side of that, though, as well, um, is that I, I think it's not for everybody mm-hmm. um, because that, you know, again, I'm an artist when it comes, I, I look at my witchcraft as art. And so um, I, I totally understand the need to just run away from all convention, you know, and, and just be wild and crazy and do your own thing. Um, but I think that in doing that, we miss out on an opportunity to hone our skills. And so I think if we're given a daily practice, if we're given um, the kind of command by the tradition or the spirits of the tradition to develop and cultivate a relationship that's intimate and that is it is unique, then that is the work of the, that specific tradition. I mean, that's what it all kind of boils down to. And I, I use ATRs as a reference um, because I, you know, I, I, I've danced on the, the kind of the periphery of, of African traditional religions for a while because as a medium, I see that, oh, there's some stuff going on over there. That's really interesting. And, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't like gay guys most of the time, and there's some issues with that. And so I'm, I'm a big gay. Um, so I recently um, got to work with, and I started studying Kimbanda, which is a, a very interesting um, ATR um, where, you know, gays are totally welcome and, and it's all about, you know, uh, you can be a weirdo and you can come here. And, and so I, I, of course, appreciate that being um, a guy who says he worships the goddess of the island of misfit toys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I totally appreciate that. But what I've really gotten out of it um, and looking at kind of the, the, the more stricter structure that you tend to have um, is this idea that ultimately 
if you can have a personal relationship with those spirits, whether you're coming out of it from outside of the tradition that they originated from or not, um, as long as you're, you're actually learning about them and you're learning about their culture and you're learning about the history that they come from, then you get this amazing insight into practices that are so far outside of your, the normal spectrum of things. Mm-hmm. So, like, I never would have been exposed to um, uh, the idea of, of devils in, in the w- particular way that they're presented in Kimbanda, um, which, you know, I think is more akin to almost how... Um, you would look at a pantheon of gods, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's this interesting kind of relationship that um, we have as, as mental agents here working the craft that I think is really important and are, you know, given to us and presented to us in those particular situations, in those particular traditions. Again, not for everybody, though. Yeah. Yeah, not every spirit will work with everybody. Absolutely, yeah. Whereas, like, for myself, like, uh, I've tried to go to St. Expedite. Mm-hmm. And usually he screws me over. Oh. Um, okay. So I'm like, okay, excellent. But if I go to Ganesh mm-hmm. and I'm like, Ganesh, I really want this. Mm-hmm. Boom. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's interesting how we make connections to these spirits. Absolutely. You yeah. know, and, and that transcend culture or tradition and the importance of being able to do that. All right. Um, so what advice would you have for our baby witches out there? Just be authentic. Don't look for permission. Just be you. I, I, I think I spent 15 years of my life trying to figure that out. And mm-hmm. then when I did, it was the most freeing experience of, of anything in witchcraft. It was more valuable than any initiation. Um, and so, and I, I think we, we try to emulate the people who we see as powerful. We try to, um, you know, be the next big thing or whatever. We see that a lot in witch culture. And there's no need for that. You know, mm-hmm. there's absolutely no need for that. Um, if you're moving through authentically, if you're moving through and you're demanding authenticity from your relationships with you know, other witches and your community, then you will always be able to move through your spiritual um, search, your spiritual growth from a place of power. Mm-hmm. Um, today, I was looking at Facebook and uh, T. Thorne Coyle posted something like... Uh, you don't have to be perfect in everything. Mm-hmm. That's why there are other people. That's right. And I just wanted to put that out there because yeah. it was a nice reminder for me mm-hmm. that I don't have to be perfect about everything, but, you know, be yeah. able to connect to others. Yeah, absolutely. So on that note, thank you for being here. Yeah. And thank you listeners for listening. Absolutely. You've been listening to Voices of the Temple. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2010 of the Temple of Witchcraft. For more information, please visit templeofwitchcraft.org.